The Adam Crowley Show. Oh, no, 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 no. On ESPN Pittsburgh, the iHeartRadio app. Oh, hey. Didn't see you there. Brian LaMartina sitting across from me. Shirtless Tom behind the glass. He's got intern Jerome there as well. One question before we get back into the hardcore sports talk we do on a daily basis on this program. Tom, has Jerome been paying attention at all? No, he's been buried into his phone. Yeah, it looks like he's trying to get side ass over there. I think he's trying to get Are you some on serious side ass. Are you on Tinder? He's on Tinder. He said he's on Tinder. Yeah, of course he's on Tinder. Wow. I know his kind. That guy... Mid-twenties male. We invite him in to see the show, and this is what he does. I mean, swipe on your own time, Jerome. Yeah, it's an internship. You should be paying hyper attention to Yes, that. in fact, you should be a lot closer to Tom than you are right now. You Probably guys... right with a hand on his shoulder, I would yes. say. Yes. You know? Yes. Not that close. Yeah, back up a little bit there, yeah. Jerome. Don't hug him. I don't know all about this Jerome guy. Yeah, <laughs> get your hands off his shoulders, actually. That's not right. The U.S. Open's going on, and... Rory McIlroy had a triple and a bogey off the first two tees. Whoops. The course is eating people alive. Dustin Johnson doing well. He's at three under after 11. Tiger Woods is out there doing something. They took the leaderboard away from me. Not that all matters. Tiger didn't show up until Saturday and Sunday anyhow. But I love the United States Open. I love it. So much so that I'm going to take the abbreviation, I'm going to elongate it to United States Open instead of U.S. Open. I love watching pro athletes play the way that I would play. Like when I go out to Frosty Valley this weekend, which, I mean, it's Frosty Valley. I'm going to do stuff like Rory McIlroy did at Shinnecock. I think that it is the ultimate challenge for golfers. I think that it's the best challenge that the sport's got to offer, and... I love every second of it. I really do. I love the fact that the United States golf just says, yeah, this course isn't fair. Let's see how you fare on this unfair course. I don't know what you guys think about it, Tom. I don't know if you like the U.S. Open. Uh, the Masters is obviously the Masters, blah, blah, blah. But I love Bethpage Black, yeah, Oakmont, Shinnecock. They're all a bitch to play at, and I think it tests these golfers beyond anything else that they have to play all year long. No, yeah, it makes uh, them look human almost. Because every other weekend, they look like some freak of natures that can put this ball wherever they want to. They can make it spin the way they want to. They, And this just brings it down to, like you said, to what we perceive as our level. Now, if we went out to Shinnecock and played, oh, oh my God. We would quit. Bef- we Do you think we'd make it to the ninth hole before we quit if we tried to play Shinnecock? No. And, in fact, we talked about this in the show meeting. If... I could either make the cut by a stroke or miss the cut in the United States Open. I am missing the cut. Like I don't want to go the next two days playing 18 holes a day and trying to get myself out of trouble for four hours each day. I'd rather just go home, put my feet up, and laugh at everyone else for sucking. This is the, the most stressful tournament for these golfers. Oh, my God. It's just constantly getting out of trouble. This course just keeps punching you in the face yes. with every stroke. Like it's, it's so mean. Like 11th, I mean, I don't know if you guys saw it, but it's par 3. It's like 160 yards or something, but the way the green is positioned is up a hill and it's blind. You can't see the thing. And then it's like offset a little bit. To, I mean, if you're just a, a half an inch off, that ball's off the green. It's gone. And if you're short, you're in a bunker. If you're long, you're in a bunker. It's just ugly, man. Just kicks your ass. 
in I the mean, greens then, themselves. Then again, yeah, then again, many golf kicks my ass. But I mean, for That's these true. guys. <laughs> I think that watching this tournament for guys who are done with this tournament is fun. I think they think, oh, man, remember back in the day whenever I shot a 79? And then they laugh at the other golfers who are going through it now at this point. I don't think they have any fun out here. Like, this is probably the tournament where guys don't have fun. Now, I don't have any quotes in front of me. I'm not Jerry Dulac. I'm not Tom and Tom. I don't have my own golf show. But I would imagine that they're not having fun. Yeah. Oh, They'll go into it accepting the challenge. Oh, I can't wait to get out there. I want to see how low I can go. I want to see if I can lap the field on this difficult of a freaking course. But they're thinking in the back of their minds, do I really have to go out there right now? I really have to do that. And then they do, and then they suck, and then, yeah. The winner is going to be what? What do you? Where do you think that? What's the range for the winner today? Of today or the? Pardon me, for the tournament. I'll put the winner at four under. I think that's as low as they'll go. Four under par is probably the cap for yeah. how low they. Yeah, go. four under is a good call because right now, if you're two over, three over, you're in the hunt. Right in it. Yes. <laughs> Rory didn't play himself out of contention the first couple of holes. He then waited the rest of the day to do that. <laughs> and you go seven over the first couple. Eh, you can come out of that. Four one two nine two 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 eight seven four. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Uh, our Twitter poll from yesterday just closed up. I feel like I should mention the results here. Uh, if Stan started a radio station, should I be on it? Fifty nine percent of the voting public said yes. Forty one percent are douchebags. Um. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. That was Stan's answer to a question on Ask Wednesday about whether or not I, or well, not I, whether or not, well, who he would put in his all-time radio lineup. You'd have all the money in the world, and you could hire anyone. Who would be on your all-sports channel? You mean I don't already have all the money in the world? I, I thought I did. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, just for Pittsburgh, you're talking about anywhere, Stan. No, be anyone, anybody. Anywhere. Well, I, I would have loved to have, hear, have heard Howard Cosell do a talk show. He's dead. I wow. mean, that would have been very entertaining. Um, uh, Myron was brilliant at it. Also dead. Uh, uh, Crowley. Say my name. I think, say it. Uh, you know, I'm not all that familiar with you know, other people. Don't say in, Mike Francesa. Other markets and, you know, what it is they do. Don't say uh, Mike I've Francesa. I've never really heard Mike Francesa. No, Stan! <laughs> so that's why we put that Twitter poll up. I mean, I do the show from 4 o'clock till 7. I figured he might want to have me included, but that's okay. Not going to be a part of it. He has to play a little game. What kind of game? It's a Thursday. Brian's off tomorrow. He's off the rest of next week. Woo-hoo. Then I'm off next Friday and the week after. So we've kind of got the end of school feel. We're just trying to have fun. We're always trying to have fun, but we're really loose today. Tomorrow's going to be an absolute frigging unmitigated disaster. But one of the things we were thinking about was... Athletes in Pittsburgh, if they were movie characters, what would their movie plots be? Uh, you want to play with that a little bit? Yeah, yeah sure. have some fun. If you want to, if you want to play along too, four one two nine two 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 eight seven four. Tom, you got the music there. Oh man. Oh man. Nice. That's very trailer esque. Yeah. I mean, because you get, like, think of this. Like, think for the first one. Like, imagine a movie with, like, Lev Bell. You know? You got him in there. It's something where he's, like, he's, like, down on his luck. And it's, like, <clears throat> pump that up a little bit. 
In a world where a young rap star can't get enough money from his football team, it's Holding Out, starring Lev Bell. In a world where Antonio Brown has four kids to three different women, it's OTAs, MIA. In a world where a coach is too nice to his team, it's Mike Tomlin in Cheer Coach 4. Another Mike Tomlin movie. In a world where two coaches hang in the stands at a high school football game, it's Joey Porter and Mike Tomlin in Stogies in the Stands. In a world where Lev Bell doesn't show up, it's running back by committee. <laughs> Fumble! <laughs> In a world where the bar wants to fight you, Todd Haley is the Tequila Cowboy. <laughs> it's fourth and one, and you don't know what to do. Todd Haley stars in <laughs> Throw It Long. <laughs> in a world where no one seems to want you, Phil Kessel is Trade Bait. In a world where a quarterback says whatever the hell he wants, Ben Roethlisberger is the douche. <laughs> I think we got another one for him. In a world where everyone says what they mean, one man won't conform. It's Ben Roethlisberger in Passive Aggressive. Is Phil Kessel hurt? In a world where we don't know, it's the Penguins' front office. No, not that one. <laughs> I like it. Uh, not going with that I like one. Them all. No, we're not, we're not <laughs> feeling that one. No. Oh no! Can I hear that again, please? In a world where dumb people play sports, it's LeBron James and J.R. Smith in Dumbass Dribbler. In a world where color commentators are all dumb, Tony Romo is Rain Man. In a world where back-to-back -back Stanley Cup champion has a fatal flaw, Matt Murray stars in Glove Hand. <laughs> In a world where he keeps all the money for himself, it's Bob Nutting in Stingy Douchebag. I gotta breathe. I gotta breathe here. Yeah, back off for a second here. You gotta let me breathe. You gotta let me think. <laughs> I'm not steal Spielberg over here. Let me hear that. Let yeah, let's hear it again. Yeah, play it one more time. We got it one more time. We got it again. From science fiction writer J.R.R. Tolkien, <laughs> in a world where people have bad takes, there is one man who stands above all. It may it's Richie Walsh in Shut the Hell Up, Man.
guest starring Ron Cook. In a world where he knows everyone, he's met everyone, and he'll tell you about it. It's Dropping Names, starring Rob Rossi. Mark Caballi going to be joining us in seven minutes here on the Crowley. In a world talking Steelers, it's the Big Kaboom with Mark Caballi. In a world where no one ever takes off, and they're always working, and they'll yell at you for playing softball wrong, it's Tim Benz in Play the Game Right, Jerk! In a world where he won't put you on his radio station, it's Stan's world, not Adam's. Every time I lean in towards the mic, you just your eyes get huge, <laughs> and you go with the guttural sorry, voice. Sorry, no, because <laughs> I can't stop. Uh, you can't. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to fight my way through this thing here. <laughs> eh, one more time, maybe. Uh, if I one more time. In a world where he's got a flag on his chest and man boobs, it's shirtless Tom takes Pittsburgh. In a world where athletes aren't free, it's Antonio Brown in You Painted Me the Wrong Way. In a world where a player is forced to stand by his lonesome for his country's anthem, it's Alejandro Villanueva in Stand By Me. Jersey sales are through the roof. It's Stand By Me too. Which black guy wants his rights this time? What happened there? In a world with zero parody, we ask ourselves, where will LeBron show up next? It's the decision to... In a world where the time and score does not matter, J.R. Smith asked the question, where's LeBron going next? I don't think mine worked. <laughs> it's a good one. I don't know about that. <laughs> I liked it. Yay or nay on the bit? 412-922-2874. Tweet us at underscore Adam Crowley. Dude, I re- there's a few I really want to see. I want to see holding out with Lev Bell. Yep. I definitely want to see passive-aggressive with Ben Roethlisberger. Oh, what was his doubt. other one that he's in, Tom? Uh, just the douche. Just the douche. Yeah, I want to see that one. That's going to be good. Stogie's in the stands. Stogie's in the stands. That's, that's, year, that's the one I want I to see. That's good. And trade bait, that's just a great franchise. I think so. Yeah. I mean, that one, that'll stand the test of time. It won the, it won the film festival up in Canada a few years ago. If you love the show, I need you to be honest. At underscore Adam Crowd. Let's hear this. Yay or nay? Yeah or nay? I put it up on the Twitter poll. For the bit, you mean? Yeah. I think you nailed it. I know Tom nailed it. I feel very insecure about my movie title. In a world where social media rules and your opinions matter, it's the Adam Crowley poll of the summer. We want to know what you think. Coming to a theater near you. I got one more. <laughs> 
In a world where hot takes rain, there's only one broadcast journalist who can tame the madness. He is Stan Saverin. And it is the long pause. No? Caleb tweets at underscore Adam Crowley. In a world, I'm listening on iHeartRadio in Florida, crying on my drive home. Please do this all the time. (laughs) Yeah! Yeah! That's one for one! In a world where you're in Florida and are listening online, you love the bit. It's coming this summer. It's, damn, those guys are funny. I think I got one more. I I think I got one more. In a world after 1998, where baseball no longer ceases to amaze its viewers, it's the real world in 2018. I don't think I get the show. I don't think I understand. Let me see if I can say it. I don't think I got this one here. Give me one here, Tom. In a world where no one is around, seems like everyone is gone. Coming this summer, you're at the Pirates game. Yeah, I don't think we got it anymore. Joey tweets at underscore Adam Crowley. It has potential, but maybe think of good ones. Oh, no. Coming up next, Mark Caballi. In a world where Joey sucks. Shut up, Joey. In a world where we're doing this radio station <laughs> and the show on the stage. Kaboli's next, ESPN <laughs> Pittsburgh. <laughs> New poll up at underscore Adam Crowley on the Twitter.com. Did that bit work if you exclude me? Tom did a good job. Brian did a good job. I laughed the entire time, and then the three times that I went, it sucked. I mean, that can make things funny, too, if the host is a bumbling idiot. So did that bit work, if you exclude me? At underscore Adam Crowley and 412-922-2874. Tom, do you mind getting the music one more time here? Because I got a tweet that I would like to read. You got it? The In a World music? The movie trailer music? There it is! This one from Matthew. In a world where the takes and the movie preview bit are hot, and the only thing that stinks is the Limburger, Adam Crowley stars in... Cheese Tease. Yeah, I feel like, Matthew, that was along the lines of what I put out there. I.E. not good. Mark Caboli joins us now from The Athletic to talk about Steelers minicamp. Hello, Mark. Hi, Adam. That's it? That's all you've got to say? You don't want to know how my day's going? Well, I was going to tell you about your cheese teas and how it was not the best effort by the crew, but I didn't want to bring you down. Okay, now wait a second. What do you think we did wrong with the cheese teas? It just just didn't have any pizzazz, any snap. It was like, you know, to be honest with you, I tweeted at you guys and I think you need to get uh, Tom Shark back on. I think that's ran its course, jump the shark, whatever you want to call it. I you, think you need to go in a different direction. So I'm going to try to translate you like I try to translate Antonio Brown. 
You think we go to the Tom shirt off well too often? Is that what you're saying? Don't pressure me, Adam. Is that what you're Don't saying, Mark? Me. Don't pressure me. I'm sorry. I don't mean to put the pressure on you. <laughs> I think you do go go to well. I think it's when when was the last time he had a shirt on in one of your bits? It's the summer. That's the question. It's the summer. Shirtless Tom is shirtless Tom in the summer. It's very hot. Maybe he should wear a shirt that looks like he has no shirt on. Like a J.R. Smith t-shirt. I don't know what that is, but yeah, sure. No, they sell J.R. Smith t-shirts from the way he partied during the parade whenever Cleveland won the championship. I think it's kind of blurred along those racial lines. I don't know if I can be a white guy wearing a black man's skin, but we'll move past that. Uh, Mark, is it concerning that the Steelers don't seem to know who their free safety is at this point? Uh, I don't think it is whatsoever. I think they do know who it is. That doesn't mean that they're going to show us in OTA's mini camp or tell us. I mean, this OTA's and this whole summer, this past four weeks, basically, in my opinion, dedicated just to getting the guys up to speed on the defense. And even if that means Morgan Burnett, let's not move them around. Let's not cloud their judgment. Let's set the bases down of uh, the entire defense, set the old foundation then we got plenty of time we got whatever it is six weeks until the season starts from training camp to, to add everything in i think they i think it's pretty well known that sean davis is going to be that free safety guy maybe not 100 percent of the time it might be depends on formations and to be able to move him up and move him back but and plus i don't think they want to tell us because you know things have gone bad in the past and we tend to dwell on things and I, don't, I honestly think that's a part of it, too. They don't want to say, well, they don't want to hear, well, you said Sean Davis was going to be the free safety, but now he's not. What's going on? They keep that stuff close to the vest. But I'd be shocked right now if you don't open up in Cleveland with him as a free safety. I think he fits that position perfectly with his speed and his size and everything he brings along with that. Well, I do even think that the way that I asked the question is a little bit antiquated. The way that we think about football and the 11 guys that are going to be out there who are the starters, I'd imagine that because they've got so many capable players in the secondary, they're going to match up more and they're going to tailor their scheme more depending on what they need to do, depending on the skill set of the guys in the back end. Hey, I'll quote the great Vince Williams. I talked to him today. He says, you know what? Offenses goes with different personnel all the time, different positions, playful playing different positions. Nobody says one thing. He goes, we move things around and everybody's up in arms. And that's basically what it is. Defense is turning into an offensive type of game where you have to mix and match. And you can't sit there and say, Sean Davis is always going to be the free safety because he's not always going to be the free safety. You're not going to say, you know, we're only going to rush – four people because that's not the way it goes we're not we're going to have more than just mike hilton as a nickelback maybe we have this i i i do believe that the whole end game here is just to be as versatile as possible so if they need to play you know sort of a big line like they did against the patriots last year where they took a linebacker off so be it if you need to play six defensive backs maybe seven so be it if you need you know, T.J. Watt to drop into coverage 80% of the time, okay, we can do that. Play man, we can do that. Play zone. I think that's the ultimate goal of this team is just to be able to do everything. And so week to week, they can come up with a plan. Cleveland, okay, we'll do this against Cleveland because the receivers aren't good. I think that's their plan. And I mean, it makes sense. I mean, offenses do different things to exploit the defenses. Why can't defenses follow that same plan? Are we going to see the Steelers flip their outside linebackers throughout the year 
along those lines, or is it going to now be the flip-flop from the way it's been in years past permanently? I, I, I think you'll see some flipping of the two, but they're pretty much married to the idea of having Bud Dupree on the blind side and T.J. Watt on the other side. And there's, there's, it's twofold for that. I know they fed us a line about uh, T, um, Bud Dupree missing too many sacks because quarterbacks saw him coming. Come on now. He's a professional athlete. That's, that's pretty bad. Monster. Uh, I don't care who sees you. You should be able to bring him down. I think where we can read into it is I truly think that they are so high on T.J. Watt they want to create the best matchup possible. And what's the best matchup possible? For the most part, going against the right tackle. So I think that's the case. I mean, Joey Porter, I asked him a question the other day about uh, T.J. Watt dropping in the coverage. He acted like I was an alien for asking that question. He's so terrible at it. I looked at that like, okay, I, I know he's pretty good at it. Where is he getting at with it? Maybe week two or week three we see T.J. Watt rushing the ball, rushing the passer 70%, 80% of the time. And there's a little fallback right there. So I think a lot of it does have to do with what they think of T.J. Watt rather than trying to uh, create matchups for Bud. I mean, who would you rather create matchups and have a better future with right now? A guy that you might have to pay $60 million to, $50 million to at the end of the year or in August or whenever it is, or the guy you have under control for four more years. So I think it has more to do with Watt than maybe Dupree. Mike Tomlin talked about this today. Keith Butler talked about it the other day, tackling how much more tackling can they work on? I mean, what can they really do in today's NFL with the guidelines? They tackle more than anybody else in training camp anyhow. It's weird because, you know, that tackling is not always an issue with them. It pops up from time to time. Then they go back to the fundamentals. They practice it and hit the, the dummies and the bags and practice during the regular season. Then they're fine again. And it just keeps popping up. So I don't think if you sit there and, you know, have 30 days of training camp and you're – practicing tackling and form tackling and bringing people down, that all of a sudden you're going to be a good tackling team. I don't think that's how it works. I think it's all about you know, mindset, want to, and actually concentration to be able to do that. And that's a big, big issue. I mean, it's a big issue of when they miss tackles because the sense tends to you know, jump up every here and there, and that's probably why they've led to you know some poor rush performance or defensively rush performance games. I don't know what they can do. I mean, we're acting like back in the 80s, just because they had nine weeks of training camp that made them better tacklers. I'm better if we go back to the 80s, there's some bad tackling there, too. No, there is, and it's one of the things that irritates me most dealing with Penguin uh, Pirates, Steelers, for the love of God, fans throughout the season. <laughs> it's that they say, oh, Steelers can't tackle. Well, look throughout the league, they can't tackle either, but the Steelers did have their issues there. The bigger plays were the problems, and in the running game, the missed tackles are going to be a problem. The angles are going to be an issue, but in the passing game, I don't think that was the problem. I think it's guys running wide open down the field and communication problems, which goes back to your first answer without with trying not to overload these guys. Mark Caballi from The Athletic joining us here on the Crowley Show. Antonio Brown shows up for everything, uh, even whenever he was dealing with his contract issues. That guy breathes football. He doesn't like to be away from it. That leads me to believe there's something going on in his personal life right now that he didn't want to get into or tried to get into and wasn't capable of using the words well enough to get into it. Yeah, something, something's up. I mean, I think multiple of us have, people have reported that he wasn't very pleased with the Roethlisberger not showing up to practice, so that's why 
he didn't show. If that's true, I don't know, but that's what the, the excuse he, he believed where he used not to show up. But yeah, I mean, we're talking about eight, what was he, 2010, so eight, eight OTAs. He missed maybe two. I mean, you can't even, how many, how many, uh, uh, vet days off does he have during the year, year of training camp? None. He just doesn't, that's what he does. He shows up. And he lately, Mike Tomlin's given a lot of guys veterans days yeah. off. And some, a lot of times he doesn't give them choice because I remember DeCastro last year, he got one late and he goes, man, so how do you know when you're not, he goes, coach says you're not practicing and that's it. So I'm sure he's tried that with Antonio and it, it just doesn't work. But you know, I talked to Antonio a little bit briefly today and he seemed very, Upbeat about his interview. He thought it was, uh, funny. He thought it was, uh, a classic. He thought it was one of his best works, so to speak. It was kind of strange. It almost made me like, look like that maybe he worked this all and this was just a big show on, put show he put on, but then I'm thinking, man, I don't know, you have to be pretty, I don't know, how can I say this politely? You don't you have, have to say to be it politely. Pretty sharp. To be pretty sharp mm. to be able to pull that off as well as he did. Is there somebody in his ear? I think so. I think there's somebody in his ear putting stuff in his ear to how to react to stuff, and it's messing with his mind. When he said clear his mind, I think that's the issue. I think somebody's putting some stuff in there. But today, at least I'm talking to him briefly, he seemed like the old AD to me. It didn't seem like nothing was too serious. Mark, I think you offended Tom. I'm not going to speak on his behalf, but I'll let him do that for him. Yeah. I don't know uh, do hey, you not want to wear a shirt? No, Mark. I'm trying to help you out, Tom. Well, I have a question for you. Where do you get off telling me when I can wear a shirt and when I can't wear a shirt? I'm not I'm not talking about you not wearing a shirt. I'm saying for the better of the team, better of the bit, sometimes you get stale. It's not a bit. Mix I don't like to wear shirts mix in the summertime. I don't, why do you think it's a bit? I, I'm shirtless right mix now. It, mix it up a little bit. Wear a sweater tomorrow. It's hot. It's, it's eighty warm. degrees outside right Son now. You're telling me to wear a sweater? That's it's it's so off warm because I'm there right sweating now. Sweating my ass it's off. Ridiculous that you would hey. suggest something like that. It's body hey, shaming it's is what it is. Supposed to be in the nineties Monday. It's supposed to be in the nineties money Monday. What a great bit of you showing up in like a winter outfit, right? Are you great? Great bit. Are great you bit. trying to shame my body? Are you saying that no, I should be ashamed coming, of my coming. body? Coming from me, Tom. Come on. Oh, wow. <laughs> Come on from me, Tom. Don't, don't really shame yourself. Care? Don't shame yourself now. Now, Mark's just shaming everyone now. Unbelievable. I'm just saying the bit's getting a little stale. You gotta, you gotta turn it up a little. There's now. no you bit. Know? It's hot out. I don't like shirts. <laughs> I appreciate the time, Kaboli, as always. Thank you, Petty. All right, I'll see you. Be good. Oh boy. In a world. Hey, Tom. Let me hear that trailer. Music. In a world. <laughs> In a world where Mark Caboli thinks shirtless Tom has jumped the shark, it's shut up and write. You got more? In a world where his Steelers takes are better than his shirtless Tom takes, Mark Caboli stars in Stick to Steelers. You got another one? In a world where shirtless Tom must overcome being picked on by a Steelers beat writer, it's the Big Kabuli. <laughs> Coming to theaters this fall. Ah, Mark. I worried about that a long time ago. Uh, whether or not we were going to go to the shirtless well that often. But here's the deal. There's no well that we're going to. I just well. hate wearing a shirt. He's, 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 he's not wearing a shirt. I mean... 
Look, when it gets when it gets cold out again, I'll wear, wear a shirt because it's cold. Yes. It'll be chilly, and you cover the skin up at that point. That's the way it goes. I mean, it's Tom's thing. We got some results in on the Twitter poll. I feel it's like it's easier to paint on him too when he's not wearing a shirt. Yes, <laughs> we can use him as a human billboard if he's <laughs> yeah, not wearing a yeah. shirt. That definitely helps things out there. Whoa, is that more body shaming? What the hell? You just call me a human billboard. I mean, I didn't say you're like one of the giant billboards on top of the highway. Okay, I'm I'm sorry. Here's the Twitter poll. Did that bit work if you exclude me? <laughs> at underscore Adam Crowley. 64% of the audience say yes. Oh, nice. Now, I wonder if I'd ask it, if, did the bit work if you include <laughs> me, what they would say. <laughs> out of all of the inner worlds. <laughs> well, you know what? Let me do one here. Let me do oh, one no. here. All Let me right. do one. I got right. one here. Here you go. <laughs> In a world where we do this movie trailer bit, <laughs> Crowley's. We're the worst. It's Adam Crowley starring in You'd Think He'd Be Better at Radio. I don't even think that one was good. Coming up next is the great unsponsored football segment filled with knowledge and fun brought to you by To Be Determined, TSPN Pittsburgh. Did the movie trailer bit work if you exclude me? 62% of the audience on Twitter says yes, 38% say no. Those of you who are saying no are saying no because of my phrasing, right? Did that bit work if you exclude me? No, meaning that I, if I had been included, <laughs> I see what you're doing. then I would have made the bit better. This is like the jelly bean tweet where you're like, is that a seven game series good uh, automatically? Like I, I phrased that perfectly. It's in phrasing here. Uh, I nailed that it. one. I thought you did well at that bit. I was terrible. I thought you were great. Now, there are not a lot of voters at this point, so it has swayed. 53% say yes and 47% don't, don't, they don't understand the question. <laughs> I can't understand why my English has been so good today. You should just start lying about the polls. Like, did, did everybody love me today? 99% yes. That would not be a lie. Yeah. See? I'm learning. How good was I at that bit? I'm learning. I'm like the president of the United States of America. You gotta work your message. You gotta massage it until it meets your needs. Did that bit work if you exclude me? 99% of the audience says yes. 1% of the audience was confused by the wording. <laughs> and now it's time for the great unsponsored football segment filled with knowledge and fun. Brought to you by To Be Determined. Keith Butler vows the Steelers will tackle more in training camp. Mike Tomlin said this today, quote, those are just cliches that we throw around because we have to do interviews, end quote. I don't want to be accused of being a media member who's trying to create a story out of nothing. We do know that happens a lot around here. Phil Kessel's not really going to be traded. You just want him to be traded, so you're reporting it. Antonio Brown's not really a bad guy. You're just saying he's a bad guy because you want him to be a bad guy. Ben Roethlisberger doesn't create his own agenda. You just say he's creating his own agenda because you want him to create his own agenda because you want to talk about it on the radio. But in this case, I do think that there is a little bit of a disconnect. Keith Butler says, yeah, we're going to have to tackle more so we can tackle better. Maybe more so this training camp 
than in other training camps. But Mike Tomlin says, well, it's just lip service because we have to talk to you guys. Let's boil it down to this. It shouldn't be lip service. The Steelers do need to tackle better. I didn't think the Steelers were getting pushed off their blocks all that much against the Jacksonville Jaguars. I don't think they were getting pushed back. I don't think that when they were making first contact, it was five, six, seven yards back. I do think that that was an issue at times, but I think the bigger issue is arm tackles, bad angles, and whether it's the tackle itself or the angle that leads to the missed tackle, that is the problem, so they should work on it as much as possible. Now, that being said, you can't really work on tackling all that much anymore. The Steelers tackle more than any team in training camp anyhow, and we saw last year they had their problems with tackling. Kevin Colbert subscribes to the philosophy of the boxer, where you have to have a sparring partner. You have to punch that guy in the face and get punched by that guy in the face, and if you don't, the first time you get hit, you're probably going to get knocked out. First time you miss a couple of punches and you're chasing the guy around the ring, you're probably going to get tired. You need to have the sparring partner. You need to tackle more. But the Steelers can't. Nobody can because the league won't allow it. That's just the state of football that we're in right now. The Steelers, though, do need to be better in that area. But I think the bigger issue would be big plays from an over-the-top standpoint. Artie Burns sometimes looks like he forgets what football is. Matt Williamson and I have talked about that at length. He's long, he's athletic, he works hard, but at times it looks like he's freaking daydreaming out there. Mike Mitchell had his issues in that regard as the Steelers' safety. The Steelers' defense proved to be pretty good last year getting after the quarterback, and the Steelers' defense last year proved to be pretty good whenever they didn't give up the big play. You force a team to have to drive 80 yards, 75 yards, 70 yards down the field to punch one in the end zone, you're going to come out on top more likely than not as the defense. But it became far too easy, far too often. Big plays got to stop, whether it's tackling, whether it's miscommunication. It's just got to stop. The outside linebackers are switching sides, I think in large part to justify the $9 million option picked up for next year for Bud Dupree. Bud's got that high arc coming off the ball. It seems like he's going to run 15 yards, whether or not the quarterback is four yards away from him or 15 yards away from him. It's the biggest flaw I think he's got in his game. Sideline to sideline, he's good. I think he does a fair job setting the edge in the running game. As far as the passing game's concerned, the arc's too bad, and that's the justification we're getting now from linebackers coach and defensive coordinator Keith Butler. And, in fact, we're getting it from Joey Porter as well. They're going to flip-flop the sides because maybe he'll get to the quarterback with the high arc if the quarterback's not looking. If he's not playing, if he's playing the blind side, well, then the quarterback's going to have a bigger problem there. I don't think that's necessarily what's happening. I think more likely what's happening is that they want to see T.J. Watt go up against right tackle. T.J. Watt had seven sacks last year. T.J. Watt had a very good rookie season. Put him in the advantageous matchup. See what you can get out of Bud Dupree, but that's your guy going forward. That's what that says to me. You see the Ravens are moving Lamar Jackson around. Wide receiver. Quarterback. Lining up at H-back. The guy's a quarterback. And the quarterback that they have right now ain't that freaking good. I'd probably give him reps at quarterback and see what happens there. 
because the Ravens have a difficult schedule coming out of the gates. If they're three and six, something along those lines, not playing well, you want to go to Lamar Jackson. If you're two and three, maybe you consider it. Joe Flacco's entering a contract year. Well, uh, two years from now, Joe Flacco. Eh, penultimate year of the contract for Joe Flacco. You kind of want to know what you got in Lamar Jackson, and not from a wide receiver slash standpoint. You want to see what he's got from a quarterback standpoint. Now, today, he did get most of the reps, and according to reports, he wowed. But that's where I'd keep him. You want a quarterback to eventually replace Joe Flacco, then allow him to be a quarterback, allow him to learn. They're not doing a good enough job of that right now. Coming up next, is the Caps winning the Stanley Cup motivation for the Penguins? And what is the biggest foundation for the Penguins' recent success? I'll tell you both next. It's Crowley Show.